Hello and welcome to the Peace and Love Amplifiers podcast. I'm so happy you're here. In these episodes, we will dive deep into the idea of peace. What is it? Is it even attainable? Everyone wants it, so how can we make it manifest? Along with my own experiences, you will also hear uplifting stories from inspirational people who are building peace in their own lives and the world around them. We are on the threshold of a new society, looking at where science meets spirituality. And these stories are a call to action to help overcome division and build a better society for all concerned. Join me on this thought-provoking journey to explore ways we can all amplify peace and love. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Peace and Love Amplifiers podcast. My guest today is one of my dear friends. He helped me launch my author career. Yeah. But his, his name is Emilio Roman. He is a celebrity fitness expert and trainer, and he has excelled in the health and fitness industry for over 20 years. His zest for fitness began at the age of 12, and since then he has spent much of his life dedicated to helping people reach their fitness goals across the nation. Tapping into his warm and friendly personality, Emilio is a master of fitness motivation and possesses a rare combination of fitness knowledge and inviting communication skills that can help anyone achieve their perspective on fitness. He is a native of Camden, New Jersey, and he joined the United States Marine Corps and served four years active duty plus four years of inactive duty. Thank you for your service in the Marines, where he earned a reputation for training top military officials. After his time in the Corps, Emilio found his passion for fitness by becoming a certified personal trainer and establishing himself as an elite trainer at major gyms and fitness centers on the East and West Coast. He has trained celebrities, including Queen Noor of Jordan, which I would love to talk to you about her, as well as professional athletes with the Toronto Blue Jays and Houston Astros. He has challenged his own personal fitness capabilities by successfully competing internationally in the Far Eastern Bodybuilding Classic in Okinawa, Japan, during which he placed third in the competition. He's also served in the role of fitness coordinator for the city of Philadelphia under former Mayor John F. Street, which allowed him to deliver his unique style of fitness fun to local residents through his program, Get on the Ball with Emilio designed to encourage all Philadelphians to live a healthier lifestyle. His insights are highly valued by the media and his live fitness presentations are not to be missed. He has been interviewed by such networks as CNN and Sirius Satellite Radio and has been a featured expert at major health and fitness events. He's also been a fitness model for various products. Emilio was focused on bringing his message of fitness and recovery to schools, universities, and faith-based organizations and corporate America. Today, Emilio hosts a live broadcast from the world-famous Atlantic City Boardwalk Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. And in addition, he's in the Guinness Book of World Records for being one of the most authors signing a book simultaneously. Emilio and his wife, Daniela Roman, are the founders of the Spiritual Fitness Academy, which publishes the international best-selling book series, Spiritual Fitness Survivor, which I am a co-author 
Emilio, thank you so much for, for coming on to the show. And I, I love to, you know, have my listeners hear everything about you and what you do. And so thank you. Julie, thank you. Thank you. You know, that, that wonderful introduction. I'm like, man, where's that guy? <laughs> I mean, like, oh, you know, it's so, almost like surreal, uh, given my background. So thank you for, again, inviting me on the show. Daniela sends her best. She's out and about doing some, some things here for our show and, and our projects. So thank you. Absolutely. And, yeah, growing up in, in the inner city of Camden, you would know where that's at. But people outside of our demographics, the, however they're consuming this media, may not know. But I grew up in a Latino community with a single family, you know, home. My mom was the, the main provider. And at times, you know, life got challenging for her. And so we ended up on public assistance. And my mom ended up, as you can imagine, if you're not, I don't want to say unstable, but if you're not dealing with life on life's terms, life can come at you and you can be consumed by that environment. And so my mom was challenged with drinking and that became a crush and she smoked and she didn't take good care of her health. So we modeled behavior, right? Modeled mm. behavior. And so I grew up in that environment. And to hear this introduction, it's almost surreal because my mom just passed, she passed away in 03 mm. uh, on Christmas day. And I believe wow. you know my story. Yeah. So to me, it's like, I'm always, again, I'm always uh, taken back when I, when I read this introduction that I competed internationally, I've traveled the world. Because everyone told me by the time I was 21, I would either be dead or in jail. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just the path. So, yeah. so again, thank you for, for this invitation. And I love to share my story, love to share my journey, however I can help anyone. Yeah, yeah. And it's so true what you're saying, because I've worked in Camden. I don't know if you knew that. I went to school at Rutgers in Camden. And after that, I worked in the city, a couple different jobs. And then when I started my massage career, I worked at a wellness center called Camden Wellness. And we would do massage for the residents of Camden on a sliding scale. And we would do, you know, $5 for a full hour massage, you know. And so there are kids that I worked with some of the youth in different after school programs and at CCYD, the Camden Center for Youth Development. I've done massage there. And, you know, it's so true because those kids were told if they're not, by the time you're 21, you could be in jail or dead. That was your, that was your life expectancy, you know? So it's, it puts a whole different perspective on a person's life when they're told that or when they're shown that. So how did you overcome that? Well, thank you for, for, for sharing that. Just when I thought I knew you. When we were talking earlier, uh, I saw these Puerto Rican symbols. You know, I'm of Puerto Rican descent. And yeah. I saw this, this Puerto Rican thing on your home. I was like, that's a domino table. Yeah, uh, so yeah, wonderful. my husband. So, yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm always learning. I'm, I'm always experiencing things. And I, I, one of the things I've learned is to keep an open mind, right? Keep an mm. open mind about things. Otherwise, we really limit our life experiences. And how did I overcome that? I, to me, it's really one word, right? And that's community. That, that, that really it's community and that's part of backstory why we built you know we, we created Spurs Academy but if you don't mind I'd like to share with you a story that kind of embedded the idea that I was I was truly going to be dead or in jail by the time 21 can I share that story yeah with you? Absolutely. absolutely thank you so I went to 
uh, PowerPoint. Well, I went to the uh, schools in North Camden, which was Rafael Molina School. Then I went to the middle school, which was at the time Pond Point Middle School. Now it's called yeah. Mastery High School. So, okay. so, there you go, so you know. Yeah, so, yeah. So my, I, my I went, dad actually had a, I'm sorry, my dad had a, a boat at the Pine Point Marina. Yeah. So that's, yes. yeah. After he wow, divorced my, yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. And it's funny because I, I would go by and I would go, ah, oh, I see those boats. I'm like, that's how the other half lives. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my dad almost died on his boat because it, it froze in the wintertime because no it way. wasn't all that good of a boat. So just <laughs> so you know. Well, my, God bless him. God bless <laughs> yeah. him. But I, I, you go, so, so, so we know exactly what area that I grew up in. And so going to school to me was like, I knew then that I did not want to be part of what my mom was going through. And, and again, she, you know, we, we love her and we believe that she did the best she could with what she had. Right? I mean, she, we all could do better, but my sisters and I, we all, when we talk about it at certain points, we don't really want to bring up those negative or low energy stuff, but you know, we, we, we want to remember my mom in, in the best light possible. And there was times on a school night, I would be 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock in, in like a social club. Right. And it was kind of it was acceptable because she wasn't in a bar. It was in a social community club where they were singing. It was other kids. Parents were in the same situation. But a lot of those people went back home. They had husband and wife together. My mom, we ended up my sister and I having to go to school the next day. And it just just wasn't a good place for me. Right? Mm-hmm. Then I went to school, and this is where I, I want to bring this home to this point. I had a teacher, and his name is Mr. Walker, a science teacher. So he says to us in seventh grade, I want to say, look to your left, look to your right. He goes, most of you will not only not graduate high school, you're not even going to graduate middle school. I got sick to my stomach. I mean, just, hmm. Wow. Just thinking about it now, it makes me relive the moment because it was so emotional for me because I was saying to myself, my God, I mean, I want to graduate, right? I'm like, this is why I'm coming to school here. I was out freaking with my mom last night to one o'clock in the morning. My ass is here in school. Like, I want to graduate, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, my mom, she loved this, but I could have gone or not gone to school. Could have gone either way, right? But I wanted to go. And so... Fast forward, I went ahead and I got involved the church. I was playing basketball and I, I tell the story that I, I was the best, ready for this? I was the best bench warmer in the history <laughs> of Piney Point Middle School, of the, the Python. Hey, there you go. I, I was you the know? best. Let me tell you, that my coach, so again, I went to school, did what I had to do, and then I would participate in the activities. And the only reason they didn't cut me <laughs> it was because I showed up to every practice. I did everything he wanted me to do. And I showed up and I, I can tell the coach, Mr. Smith, felt sorry for me because when everybody else was playing, I was just my energy. You see my energy now? I had the same energy. So he would just look at me last minute of the game. Literally, I, I, it was like clockwork. He just gave me the last minute. He goes, go ahead, Emilio. And I would just be in there like if it was the first, like I was the best thing ever. So I, I, enthusiasm is my gift. I recognize that and I lead with that. If I can help people with my enthusiasm, I do because I recognize it's kept me alive and sane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's you done know? you well. It served you well. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you. So here we are. Fast forward till about, let's just say, eight years ago, I am walking with a friend in 
to a Costco, right? You know, these, these uh, Costco's. Mm-hmm. And I see my eighth grade teacher, seventh, seventh grade, grade teacher, Mr. Walker. I got the same feeling. I cramped up. I looked over to my friend. I said, give me a minute. I need to say hi to someone. Mm-hmm. I walked up to Mr. Walker, not confrontational, very as a, how you doing, Mr. Walker? You may or may not remember me. Just wanted you to know, I graduated. He looked at me. He was, I was assuming his wife. They just looked at him and, you know, smiled. And I just said, God bless you. And I walked away. Wow. You know? and it wasn't because I wanted to be in your face. Oh, I did this despite, because I recognize today why he said that. Yeah. Right. Because you can't say the wrong thing to the right people. And you can't say the wrong thing to the right people. Right. Mm-hmm. So he knew he was challenging some people out there today. Those people who weren't going to go anywhere, they just weren't going to do it. Those people he wanted, so he got my attention. Yeah, that's it. And and I'm so sure I, that... I thanked him for it. Yeah. While at the time I was, I had all kind of emotion, scared, angry, like, what the hell? You're my teacher. What the hell's going on, right? right. Young Emilio did not know what the hell's happening. But I walked away from that and I practiced those things today with other people. And I just thought, I just thought that I'd share that with you to let you know that I really truly believe it wasn't that I just thought about it. I truly believe that I was going to be dead or in jail. Wow. And you chose the, you chose a different path. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you did. I'm certainly glad you did because you, you've definitely have given a gift to so many people of, you know, with the spiritual fitness Academy. And if you could, talk about where that came from spiritual fitness is like huh you know how does that go together but again it it does go together because you to get through a lot of these different challenges that we find ourselves going through in life we need to have that spiritual fitness to really get through and and with grace and with ease so if you could kind of talk about the beginning of that spiritual fitness academy and amen and so the blessing for me was that after I graduated, graduated middle school, interesting things happened in my life because you already knew how the family home was, was working out. I was part of a, a community. My mom, one of the greatest things she ever did for my sister and I was to say, go and make your first communion, mm-hmm. right? Go, go to church. And it so happens to be that Holy Name Parish, 522 State Street in North Camden. Yeah, I, that's the youth group I, I work with. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So yeah. I'm not sure what year you worked, but I worked. Um, but I worked. I was there. I'm 50 now, and it was in 1982, 83. Mm. So I knocked on the door, and I had my basketball. I remember, you already know about my basketball career, right? <laughs> my mom said, "Go ahead, make your first communion, go to church." Basically, we kid around. We go do as I say, not as I do, right? Right. Go to go to church. So we did what my mom suggested, and then the, my basketball, Palm Point Middle School. And, this, and the classes of First Communion were on the same, I believe it was like a Wednesday. And that's where most of our practices and games were happening. So I told my coach, coach, you know, again, because I was a star player, right? <laughs> I said, I want to be able, like, I don't want to miss practice. And he was like, go ahead and talk to the nun. That's how he told me, Mr. Smith, and see if you can, you know, they can work something out for you. So I said, okay, I took my basketball. Knocked on the door, 522 State Street, which, interestingly enough, you, you know exactly where it's at. That, that's yeah. not funny to me. 
Um, and this big old jolly of a man comes out. His name is Father Jeff Burton. He just so happened to be the pastor of the Jesuits at, at that time. And I said, Father, uh, is this the Linda stealing there? And probably said it with a little more, a little slang. And I said, is this the Linda stealing there? He goes, no, young man, she doesn't live here. I said, well, because I, and then I, I went on to explain that I want to do the first communion, but I got basketball. What can we do here? Like, I'm trying to negotiate, right? I'm trying to negotiate. He goes, you know what, young man? So he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. He goes, come on in, and we'll see if we can get Sister Linda on the line. Mm-hmm. And that was the beginning of working and getting involved in the church. So what do you think happened? Got Sister Linda on the phone. I explained to her, you know, that I couldn't make the Wednesdays if there was any other arrangement. Well, guess what? They, our classes were only once a week. It was that day. She was like, I'm sorry, Emilio, you may have to come back for the next turnaround or whatever the next period was, next year or something. Father Jeff was right there because it was his office. He was the pastor. He saw my disappointment, but he also saw an opportunity to help a young man. And he Mm. saw my enthusiasm, whatever, felt the need. And that was a turning point for young Emilio. Because Mm. I tell you what, he's since passed. But I had the opportunity to work in the church. I got a whole new exposure on life at a time where I very much needed it because I was at that time where I was like between 12 and kind of in that age where I grew up right in the heart of the drug dealing. And so I had a lot of people show me love, a lot of drug dealers. I envied a lot of them in in that sense, like, wow. Mm -hmm. And I had family involved in that, in that mess. And quick story, I was selling drugs by the time I was seven years old. I didn't even know it. So I, I was really in that lifestyle, not even knowing it or wanting it. So he gave me that opportunity to be involved in church. I became a sacristan. They paid. They paid. His family paid for my high school education. I went to Camden Catholic High School. Wow. I worked in the rectory. I ended up. So I saw a whole new life. I almost flunked out of my freshman year. Freshman oh. year, like homework. I did homework before, but it was just a whole different, like a culture shock. Yeah. I ended up graduating. Wow. That's, a, that's an incredible story. It really is because I hope this doesn't offend you, but just as so my, you know, so the listeners know like where Rutgers is, where I went to, to college is right by the Benjamin Franklin bridge with like a butts up against it. And you go under the bridge and it's a huge bridge into the city of Philadelphia. So you go right over and on the North side of that bridge is North Camden. And when I went to school there, it was like, the thing was, you don't go into North Camden. You don't go into North Camden because it it was, there was so much drugs, you know, and like I said, when my father lived there, I was, I think maybe my freshman, sophomore year in, in Rutgers. And he said, just go like take seventh street and just keep going. Like if there's a stop sign, you stop and you go there's a red light, you stop, you look, you go, like you just keep going, you don't stop. And so it was a really rough, rough neighborhood that you came from. And wow, what a story. What a story. Wow. Yeah. I'm loving your interview with me, but I'm much more drawn to your story (laughs) because I'm like, wow, like, yeah, like you really get me like you. Yeah. So people see Amina Roman work with celebrities and Queen North Jordan. And we'll talk about that at some point. And I got to do that. But for me, like, I'm still that kid. I'm still that kid who grew up in the hood who just dreamed yeah. of wanting a better life, you know? 
just dreamed of how does the other half live, you mm-hmm. know, because I really believed that I was never going to see that. So when I, when I had this opportunity, I was like, I recognized at a young age, like, this is an opportunity. Like, I was never like a, a student. I got left back in first grade. I tell people, my mom, we moved from New York. We moved everywhere. So I, I really lacked the basic skills. And if it wasn't for the priests, and if you don't mind, I'd like to share today, like, who would think, like, I talk today, I, I'm talking to cameras, whatever. I remember the priest would always give me opportunities to correct myself with, with my English. For example, there were certain days, I want to say it was Tuesdays, where other churches from the surrounding area, Cherry Hill, Mullica Hill, they brought foods on a Sunday, and I would be there to bring these boxes, and, and then we would set them up for the communities. And because I was part of the community, I would always, you know, we would uh, give these out to people at the door. And mm-hmm. there was one particular time, plus I, I got to get a, bring a bag home for my mom, right? Yeah. All of us, right? Yeah. yeah. So I remember the one particular time Father Jack Barron said, he asked me, he said, Emilio, go ahead and bring another. We had somebody at the door. Go ahead and bring, bring another bag up. I said, Father, I already brought it upstairs already. He goes, what you say? I said, why do you keep asking me the same question? Like, that's the talk that I, because that's where I was at. Yeah. And, I, and today, like, I, I'm very conscious of those words. And when I see someone, I'm like, I don't tell people, hey, that's not the right way to say it. Because it's communication, however you want to look at it. But I was able, because of that blessing, because I listened to my mom. And because of Father Jeff Burton, and then being able to go to to, high, to school and then be able to go to Marine Corps and graduating, end up with a college degree, like these things just, like I'm blessed every day. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, and it seemed like you were, you were self-aware from the time that you were a small boy, you know, and, and knowing that this is not the life that you wanted to live and, and seeing this, this being played out in your life this challenging way to live and yeah Yeah, and so to kind of tie this into the spiritual fitness aspect we have the three core tenets and and i think now you'll understand better than most why i lead with excuse me sometimes i I just it gets emotional with me but it just hits me at a certain core our tenets are gratitude forgiveness and service Mm. those are the three things and i do them in that order and when we have our people that we talk with our students and we bring them through. I'm like, gratitude. And people are like, gratitude. I, you know, like you understand gratitude because you're in this space, right? Mm-hmm. But if you know my history, you know my life, it's because of other people, right? And to whom much has been given, much is expected, right? Yeah. So gratitude mm-hmm. is something that I believe in. I talk about this. And the more and more, in fact, this book right here, I'm sure you've seen this, The Magic, the mm-hmm. whole book is about gratitude, you know? Yeah. A whole book. One here. One of the things that I like that I wrote down: gratitude creates miracles in your health and body. Be grateful before you eat, receive, expect something, and even after you get it. These are these are notes that I. So I live by this. I'm grateful for everything. Yeah. When, when I pay my when I pay my rent, my mortgage, when I pay a car note, I'm thankful. I'm thankful yeah. that I have a, a bill to pay and resources to pay it. Right. Versus, right. Yeah. Versus like, oh man. If I can say this, oh shit, man! I, oh man, I gotta pay this. And there was a point where I used to think that. Now I take a deep breath. I'm like, wow, this feels really good. Yeah. I like, wow, I just paid a couple thousand dollars out for the summit that we had. Like, I was able to do that. I just got back from Costa Rica. Wow, I was able to to, to drop a check. You know, like I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude. Yeah, yeah, gratitude and 
you know, I, I do, it's called the abundance book and it's a 40 day program. And it's all about shifting your awareness and your focus to what is really giving you the abundance, you know, and it's not, not money. It's the, the source The you know, you're like a, a funnel for divine source energy. And, and so, yeah, it's like starting with gratitude and, and it was one of my teachers who, whenever she signed and she was like a master, a master manifester, you know, like she could just manifest anything. And she would, she told us like on the back of her, whenever she would have to endorse a check to deposit it, she would write her name. And then she'd say, thank you on the back of the check, you know, right under her name. And I was like, you know what? And I still, to this day, I do that. Like whenever I have to endorse a check, I write my name and then I put, you know, thank you. And, you know, just to that, because it's so true when you, when you have bills to pay and, you know, there, there's times when I wasn't, I didn't have much money. I, I worked this before I started massage, but I worked as a waitress and I was going through a divorce. My car got repoed. My ex didn't, I, you know, I was giving him all the money to pay because it was a, you know, supposedly a trial separation. I was giving them, I was working three jobs and I had literally like give him all the money so he could pay all the car payments, the house and all that stuff. And he didn't pay any of the car payments for either his car or my car. And, but yet when it came time to get, you know, going through bankruptcy, he paid his, his car loan up to date, but left me high and dry. So I literally had uh, this old beat up car <laughs> that uh, after my car got repoed, I I had this car that literally you had to spray. I don't even know what it is. You had like, if it didn't start, you had to like open, take off the air filter cover, spray this stuff into the, the air intake, wherever it was, and then put it back on. And if you either started it, you know, you turn the ignition and they either started or blew up, you know, either way, <laughs> you, know, yeah. still, you know, you have an outcome, but you know, so I, I remember going, like having this, looking at my, my change drawer or, you know, like the change drawer that I had and having like a little layer of money in there. I was like, okay, well I can take that to the bank and get money to put gas in the car so I can go to work. And, you know, I knew I was coming home with cash because I was a waitress and, you know, so it's, I've been there. I've been in that just, you know, this scary, scary, no financial cushion at all. And so when I started with this court with, I was like just coming out of that, that situation when I started with this one teacher. And so just that whole sense of, I can be grateful for what I have already. And, you know, just to, and it, it, it starts to amplify. I mean, cause I, I remember saying like, what now, you know, like I kept saying, what now? And then it's like, here you go here, try this now. You know, It's yeah. like, that's the worst thing you could say when you're in a bad spot is to say, okay, what now, you know, what the heck's going to happen next, you know? And no, don't say that. don't say that I mean so all these things are are lessons to be learned and to have gratitude for them on the other side of them too to have okay I've I've gone through that I've had that 
that capacity to get through something so challenging. No, thank you for sharing it because I know, you know, they say, you know, the message is in the mess, right? Yeah. I mean, and so it's when you're going, when you're going through that, really difficult to see it unless you, you have a teacher, unless you've got someone who's a community, right? Mm-hmm. That is like, listen, Emilio, that's not the worst thing that can happen to you. And so that's what I love at the young age that I had. So I, I don't know the other story, you know, your mom and your dad, if, if you had a, a community or, or people that support you. But I know for me, I didn't have a dad to speak of in terms of, you know, my mom and dad, they were using a different place and a different state. And my mom was in her state mentally and physically. So it was the church that, that I leaned on. And I, I learned all these values that I, that I started to like, when I started to lean on these values and really embrace them, felt safe. Like I felt safe in the church community. While today I have Christian values, I am not exclusive to Christian principles or dogma. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm open to my spirituality. Is, is I, I understand that the Christianity does not have exclusivity on spiritual principles. You know, read what you sow. That that's biblical, but it's certainly not exclusive to just that. So that's why I, we, we love to embrace things with uh, the Spiritual Fitness Academy. We embrace all that is good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I you know, there's, there's so much wisdom in so many different traditions, so many different religions. And, and with the, the seminary that I went through, it was looking at all the peace prayers of 12 major religions and their similarities, you know, and how it's the message, it's the, the be kind to others and, you know, do unto others as so they would do unto you. And, you know, so there is so much more similarity between spiritual traditions if you dig deep enough, you know, and all the the egoic interpretations and yes. the ways that people, you know, my way is better than your way and my God's better than your God, my flag's better than your flag, all that. Yeah. It leads to a lot of the thoughts of separation. So if we can kind of dig through that and get to the core values, you know, I think so many people have the same core values. You yeah. know, great, great, great point. And so while I grew up in that, again, you know, and, and it served me well while I was serving in the Holy Name Church and parish, you know, years later, I, I, I come to learn that what Martin Luther King Jr. had mentioned, he goes that Sunday is the most segregated day of the week. Mm. Think about that. Sunday, the one day that we're all supposed to be united. And I remember because I was Catholic time and then my Pentecostal brothers and sisters were like, oh, well, you're going to hell because you guys believe in this. And like, you guys don't, you know, you wear makeup and like, like all this dogma that we're talking about, the egoic, right? These leadership. And mm. I, I've come now years to understand that really there is one light, many lamps that really lead the same path. I mean, that's just how I see it today. Like you were saying, the 12 major religions, that's what they are. You don't have to fight over my God is bigger, better than your God. Like my daddy will kick your daddy's ass. <laughs> same dad. <laughs> exactly. And and so it's I I appreciate that. And you know, I I think that, you know, as we move forward and you know, the the whole the whole mission behind this podcast is to 
look at ways that we are similar, look at ways that we can connect and and really find paths to peace and really and using the you know coming from a heart-centeredness and coming from love and coming from these different ways of being um you know there's you know in my in my spirituality i see that we're all connected there's there's this field of interconnection between each and every one of us and if you didn't think that then this virus really showed us how much we are connected to each mm-hmm. other and so you know this is a worldwide phenomenon that's going on right now so i really think that this is is an opportunity for us to create an our society that is something that is beneficial and the highest and best for all of us you know and to get rid of all the old ways all of the things that are holding other people down you know whether it's racism or sexism or all of that we can really look at all that all of that's coming up now you know so you know you look at that time in my life when I was in Camden and working there it's like I remember taking the speed line and you'll you'll appreciate this but I used to take the speed line from the suburbs so from like Lindenwald go through go through these really high-end towns you know like some of the Cherry Hill and Haddonfield and all these and then all of a sudden you go you get into Camden and it's a 30-minute ride with stops you know with all these people getting on and off and you go from high-end to to such poverty you know and it's like that to me was such an eye-opener that back and forth every day taking that trip into into school that is like it shouldn't be our zip code that determines our life, mm. you know, and, and we really need to, I think, as we move through this time to really start creating a world that is beneficial to all of us, because if we are society, then we can change society, you know? So my question to you is what, if the world were perfect right now, in Emilio's eyes, what would it look like? Very, very intriguing question. And I would say that I believe that there is order and chaos. And I also have to quote Big Bear, which is uh, Daniela's, Daniela's father. We call him Big Bear. And so he said, God put us together. We take us apart. Mm. So I truly believe that we are divinely created and we're perfectly created. So in my world, just really going inward, like I had to do, right? So go inside when you're without. So if you are being challenged, you don't have a job right now, right? Go inside, find out what you're good at. You gotta go inside. Don't let everybody else is telling you what you're good at. Hey, you may be, Julie, you may be good at being the manager at this store, or maybe you should, or Emilio, you should probably do this. Go inside, find out, what really brings out joy in Emilio? What brings joy? So that's my thing. In a perfect world, honestly, we are already perfectly created. You mm-hmm. and I truly are. I believe that. I accept that. And I receive that. And when I and again, so it's, it's a very powerful question. I believe many of us should should really come up with with, with that for ourselves. You might post that. If you mm-hmm. post it, I'll share it. Okay. Uh, because <laughs> it really is. It really is so powerful. 
powerful. So I, I truly believe, and if you don't mind me taking it a step further, because I really believe that what Big Bear said that, you know, God put us together and we take ourselves apart. I have a friend who lost his wife. Very beautiful. In fact, Danielle and I, when we heard this story, she went under the knife. She crossed over the bridge into Philadelphia. She's from the Camden, Pensacola area. And she apparently wasn't satisfied with the way she looked, but she was a very gorgeous woman and already had children. She goes over to get a tummy tuck across the bridge. What happens? Dies. Because she didn't really believe that she was perfectly created. And so it was so heartfelt when I'm on Facebook and I see my friend who had just introduced me to her months ago and I met them at a social event. And then everyone, you know, when you go on Facebook and somebody says, so-and-so die, rest in peace. I'm like, is this like really happening? I just met this months ago. Yeah. We're we're divinely created. You're perfect as you are. Honestly, we may be off center, right? But there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. You don't need to be fixed. I don't need to be fixed. You know, I've got challenges and struggles with uh, attitudes that I have to make adjustments, but we are all divinely, divinely and perfectly created. So again, to sum it up, go within, go within. And if for some reason that's a challenge, get involved in a community that honors you, honors your gifts, honors your talents. And I encourage everyone to connect with you because what you're offering here, what you're doing now with your massage therapy, that helps people heal. That helps people come back, restore their physical and mental, and it puts people in alignment. So I would say connect with Julie because <laughs> she's got she's got something for you very special. Well, thank you, Emilio. And you do too. You absolutely do. And you know, you and Daniela have created this community, and I think it's going to be growing, you know, just this this way of, of connecting and sharing stories and hearing from all these different authors that, you know, it's just the regular people that just, you know, I I had a challenging situation and this is what I got through it. And this is how I got through it. I think that was a really, really beneficial process for me. And for, I think if I could speak for everyone, for all of us that, you know, we, we shared our story and yeah. And I think that led me to this because really have wanted to help people. That's, you know, my whole thing with my whole life is just to help people. And I think yours is the same. And, you know, the fact that, you know, I grew up not far from you. I mean, we're the same age and, but yet, you know, we have these, this path is intertwined in a couple different, different ways. Um, It's really, really cool. Yeah. So how I would like to leave is, and you kind of already answered this, as a way to help you yourself to kind of get back into that centered spot, that, that inward clarity and that, that connection to God, to divine source, whatever it is that, you know, someone calls it. What is something that you could offer our listeners to do for themselves to, to help them reconnect? Amen. That's a great, great question. And I believe, and if you're out there and you're believing in your community, Rituals create our lives. Can, can, can we all agree, anybody out there, if you're watching this live on a replay, that rituals, right, create our yeah. lives. And so how we do one thing is how we do everything, right? And so in the morning, one of the first things that Daniela and I do is we do something called spiritual journaling. 
Now, you can remove the word spiritual if that makes you feel uncomfortable. We begin the day with four minutes. And so we'll say, I don't say the name because the, the device will, will respond. <laughs> and I'll say four minutes and then they'll go on and acknowledge it. And then we begin by saying, I am grateful for. And we begin that gratitude. That's why it's part of our core tenant. We begin the day and end the day with, I'm grateful for it. And then once the four minutes is, is up, there's just a whole different energy that shows up. I show up differently, especially if I had a nightmare, especially mm. if I, I my sleep was interrupted because I go to the bathroom several times a night. All of a sudden, there's this new focus and this new vibration, and I'm able to take on whatever the challenge is. So I would strongly suggest avoid picking up the phone first thing, because we all do that, right? And I'm guilty of it once in a while, but for the most part, that's what I do. I avoid picking up the phone. I go into the, when I brush my teeth and I, and I also go into my mantras and I'm sure you do too. Here's something else that you can do in between before you go do this, begin flooding your mind with gratitude, right? My gratitude is I'm happy, I'm healthy, I'm loved. I go to that. I'm happy. I'm literally, I'm half asleep. I'm on the toilet. I'm doing whatever. I'm happy, I'm healthy, I'm loved. Because the mind, if you're a type personality like me, you're already being forced type A personality. Like, I, I got to do this. I got to hurry up. I have my show at 7 in the morning, Monday through Friday. So I, I got to get on the show. Oh, my God. You know, Julie's going to be on the show. Did I forget to mention something about her? So at least this begins to tame that animal. <laughs> the monkey mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, again, the gratitude, if that's not your thing, then do the mantras. And here's a formula, and I'm sure you know what it is. I call it the three Ps, right? Keep it personal, keep it positive, and keep it in the present. Okay, mm. so I am, and then insert, you know, I am in that relationship. I, I, I am in a happy relationship. I, I am financially secure. I am, but use those, okay? And you, again, you can use those interchangeably with the journal, but some people, not everybody's going to do the journal. Mm -hmm. But at least we all can speak it, right? Yeah, yeah. That is something that it's at the core of what we teach, and it's and and I know that that is in alignment with what you do as well in your clients. So I'm happy to share that. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, Emilio. This was amazing. I feel like every time we we talk, we we learn more about each other, and I know like on the other side of this, and when we can get together and. I will be dinner buddies and, you know, yes. you bring Danielle, I'll bring Eddie and we'll just, you know, have a great, great dinner. So you're welcome to come here. You're welcome. Uh, we're in Atlantic city now for the next 12 months. You're welcome to come down. All right. Go to AC. Let's go. <laughs> All right, Emilio, you take care. God bless you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Hey, you peace and love amplifier. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at peaceandloveamplifiers.com. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks again for listening. And remember to ask yourself, what am I feeding the field? Until next time.